Welcome to Econ on the Go. In the last episode, we talked about oligopoly models and the Bertrand pricing game. And in this episode, we're going to focus on the games in which players choose the quantities they want to produce, and then the market demand determines the price they sell at. The models where players choose their quantity and then the demand determines the price are either the Corno game or the Stackelberg game, which are named after the two economists who first studied them. In both of these, the players choose their quantities, then they produce the total amount that they produce, and then the market demand determines the price at which they can sell. Examples of these are where players first choose their capacity before they know how demand is going to be realized, say for automotive manufacturing or manufacturing large durables. Or another example would be a hospital, which has to decide how big of a hospital with how many beds to build before they know how many people are going to get sick. So the hospital has to choose how much quantity or capacity it sets, and then the demand for hospital services determines what price they can charge in the market. The Corno game is a simultaneous quantity game, which means we have two players who choose output. The market demand curve determines the price, and the players simultaneously choose how much they want to produce without knowing how much the other side has chosen. We solve for these games using the Nash equilibrium concept we learned in game theory, since it's a simultaneous game. And we use a payoff matrix if there are only a few capacity choices. Or in general, we calculate the reaction function by calculating the profit for each player the marginal revenue and marginal cost for each player by including the other player's quantity in your revenue function. So the price at which you sell is based on your quantity and the other player's quantity, which means your marginal revenue is determined by the other player's quantity. And when you set those marginal revenue and marginal costs equal to each other, you solve for how much you produce, which is your reaction function. Your quantity is based on how much your competitor produces. We then solve for both players' reaction functions simultaneously, for example, plugging one into the other, to determine what the optimal outcome is for each of the players to produce. Firms earn a positive profit in the Corneau simultaneous game, but not one half of monopoly profits. They're not as efficient as if the monopoly controlled the entire market, because each player wants to restrict output to raise prices. And so they take advantage of the fact that the other player is also restricting output to raise prices, and therefore they're helping to keep the price higher, so it allows you to cheat a little bit and produce some more. But when both players cheat a little bit to produce more, it lowers the price and therefore lowers the profits for both of them. As more and more players enter the market, the Corneau model approaches a perfectly competitive outcome where price equals marginal cost, which is one nice thing about that Corneau model is, is that it replicates reality. As more and more firms enter an oligopolistic market, it starts to look more and more like a competitive market. Now, we assume that both players had the same costs when we analyze the Corneau game, but if one player has a cost advantage, unless it is a huge cost difference, they will not push the other player out. The player with the cost advantage would have to increase output a lot in order to lower the price enough to drive the other competitor out. And it's better to let them stay in and restrict output to have a higher price and earn a higher margin than trying to drop price so low to price the other player out of the market. We solve the optimal for both players the same way as we did before by finding reaction functions with the same marginal revenue and marginal cost functions, except the marginal cost is different for both players now because they have those different underlying cost structures. The cost advantage player ends up producing more with higher profits and the price in the market is higher, which is bad for consumers. 
The Stackelberg model is the other model of quantity choice, and in this one, players sequentially choose how much they produce. This model assumes that I can see how much you've started to produce or how much you're planning to produce before I make my choice. This would be like one hospital deciding to start building their facility, and then the second hospital deciding, ah, now I see how big of a hospital they're building, I'll decide how big of a hospital I should build on the other side of town. One player commits to producing a certain output level, and then the other player chooses her output. And we solve this using a game tree, especially if there are only a few capacity choices, because it's a sequential game. The first mover is better off in a Stackelberg game because their commitment constrains the options of the second mover. And in the general Stackelberg model, we substitute the second mover's reaction function into the first mover's revenue function. Then we solve for the first mover's marginal revenue, set it equal to the first mover's marginal cost, and solve for the first mover's output. In other words, I know what the second mover is going to do because that's what their reaction function tells us. When the first player chooses a certain quantity, the second player will choose based on their reaction function. And so the revenue for the first player is based on their variable output choice, which is Q1, plus the reaction function of the second player, which only depends on Q1. And so now you can solve just for the quantity of the first mover. In Stackelberg, we also assume generally that both players have the same costs, but if one player does have a cost advantage, again, they will likely not push the other player out. We again solve it the same way, but with the new marginal cost functions, and the cost advantage player is better off moving first, but the key to who moves first depends on who gains the most by moving from second mover to first mover. So we have to analyze what's the profit for each player if they move first, what's the profit for each player if they move second, and who has the biggest difference from moving second to first, that player will pay in order to become the first mover, and that's how we can predict who's going to move first. So the Corno and Stackelberg models are quantity choices in the oligopoly model, and then the price is determined by the market demand. And in Corneau, it's simultaneous, they choose at the same time. And in Stackelberg, it's sequential. One player chooses first, and then the second player responds. That wraps up our discussion of oligopolies. In the last two episodes, we're going to talk about asymmetric information. And we're going to start in the next episode with adverse selection and moral hazard.